This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Anishinaabeg and the Haudenosaunee people. We acknowledge the enduring presence of First Nation, Métis, and Inuit people on this land. We're grateful for the opportunity to gather in this territory, even virtually, and to be in this community. We commit ourselves to the work of reconciliation among settlers and Indigenous peoples, and we acknowledge that not all settlers were brought here by choice. Through this land acknowledgement, our intent is to honor and show gratitude to the original and ongoing stewards of the land as a sign of respect and willingness to learn and heal. We are mindful of broken covenants and the need to reconcile with all our relations. Together, may we care for this land and each other, drawing on the strength of our mutual history of nation building through peace and friendship, being mindful of the ancestors and generations to come. Welcome to The Intersection, where we are building community through candid conversations that lift, inspire, and advance social change. When a woman becomes a mom, society tells us it is supposed to be the happiest day in their lives. For many mothers, having a baby is a time of great conflict and paradox. You love this tiny human and you're keeping it alive, but you also miss your life before. You want to be at home, but you are aching for the stimulation and satisfaction of paid work. Will your job be there when you're finished maternity leave? Do you even want it? In this episode, Lacey Kempinski joins us to talk about the complexities of becoming a mother. We first got to know Lacey at the monthly Women in the Hub events, and um, we're thrilled that she brought forward this topic. In the past seven years, Lacey has made three babies, all currently under the age of six. Three, three of them. Lacey is a CFRE, is the founder of Balanced Good, and after more than a decade of progressive experience in traditional fundraising shops, building a career in major gifts, she recognized she needed more balance, autonomy, and support to be both the mother she wanted to be and the sector leader she wanted to be. Today, my co-host Jen Love and I sit down to talk about all things mothering. We recognize that the sector mothers and parents need more support. Balanced Good is shifting its focus to ensuring that parents are supported in their careers throughout their parental leave and beyond. This is filling a massive gap in society and we're so happy that Balanced Good is launching this new focus for Mother's Day. They're going to help navigate parental leaves, ensuring they can support the most valuable assets, employees. As a passionate volunteer with numerous roles supporting AFP Golden Horseshoe, and as a speaker at a variety of conferences, including Happy You Year, AFP Congress, and the AFP Speaker Discovery Series, her message has always been the same. We need to do better at supporting working parents in our sector. Lacey, welcome back to The Hub. I mean, it's your first time on the podcast, but we've shared space with you in a number of different ways, and we're so glad to have you here. Thank you. I am so glad to be here, and I feel like this is an extension of conversations we've had in The Hub, and I'm excited to share it in The Intersection. 
Mm-hmm. So I can't think of a better sister, mother, friend to have this conversation shared with than uh, Jen. Thank you for making the time for this because we talk about mothering a lot. All the time. All the time. Uh, so happy Mother's Day, guys. Thanks. Happy Mother's Day to you as well. Um, so we wanted to hop on this podcast and celebrate being a mom because we've learned a little bit about our common interests and philosophies about that. But before we get into talking about mothering and the charitable sector, Lacey, can you just give us a little background on how you started working in the sector? Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, that's, I'm not one of those people that fell into fundraising. Um, I was intentional about it. Um, I guess in one sense, I pivoted a bit. Um, I started wanting to pursue a career in nursing because I had that caring, wanting to help personality. I quickly realized that that wasn't for me, but I am so proud of all of our nurses. Um, it's a, it's a tireless and thankless job. It was just not something that was for me. Um, so then I ended up going to Georgian's postgraduate degree program in fundraising, um, doing an internship um, in the healthcare sector. So really tying that love for healthcare with fundraising and philanthropy. So I've always kind of been in this healthcare space and fundraising, um, but it's evolved just like, sorry, my printer's talking. That's um, my printer's in my office too and sometimes people print stuff and I'm like oh could you have checked please but I think um for me as my career in fundraising has evolved I've evolved as a person so it's almost like a reflection of that Mm -hmm. so as I initially and I spoke to this at an AFP speaking engagement. Initially, when I started my career, I wanted to be CEO of a healthcare foundation. That was it. And I was laser focused on that. There was nothing stopping me. And then I got pregnant and then I became a mother and everything changed for me. And I realized that there's a lot of impact that could be doing in ways that didn't look like the initial plan I had. And so that's how I launched Balance Good um, and my business because I still wanted to help charities, but I also wanted my kids to see that all of the great work that we're doing in the community. Um, And I also realized the responsibilities that are put on those high level positions and that that maybe wasn't what I wanted um, right at that time. So in a nutshell, that's me. And that's how I got into the sector. (laughs) I'm really interested in that moment where you became a mom, what, what values shifted? Can you tell us a little bit more about, about that moment? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I'm sure you, you both can speak to this as well. I feel like every value shifted and heightened mm. and super vague, but you know, like this, like importance of being empathetic, this importance of caring and giving back to our community. Um, the importance of being present in each moment in work and my 
relationships with my kids. I also struggled and I'm quite open about this with postpartum depression and anxiety and that struggle and challenge opened my eyes in so many ways um, and made me realize that there's such an important piece of being authentic and letting down this veil of who I wanted to be versus who I actually am, if that makes sense. Like it was just like, I maybe I wanted to be this high profile job, which is fantastic and people have to do that. But I also want to be 100% authentic. And I didn't feel at that time those things could align. But I want those things to be able to align for people who want them to. Um, yes, I had a similar experience. Uh, when I became a mother 26 years ago, uh, I just started, I, I used to go rock climbing with my first husband. There was no way I was going to risk my life climbing up a mountain after I had a baby. Like, there's no way that I was going to ever do that again. Um, and I don't know about you, but I was crying at everything. Mm -hmm. Everything just, every Kleenex commercial just hit me differently. <laughs> what about you, Jen? Yeah, quite similar. I mean, I, I always wanted to be a... Um, a fundraiser. Um, I like you, Lacey, I was very intentional about my, I, I didn't stumble into fundraising. I'm stumbling along in fundraising, mm -hmm. but I didn't stumble into fundraising. Um, but I knew I always wanted to work in the charitable sector. And I also knew I wanted to be a parent. Mm -hmm. And so when I got pregnant with my first child, I was working full time at a charity and I peed on the stick found out I was pregnant, called a midwife, got on waiting lists for childcare, and then never got a spot. So mm -hmm. I didn't get an infant childcare spot when my youngest was one. So then I was like, so what are my options? Am I going to send my child to a home daycare, which didn't wasn't right for us at the time for a variety of reasons? Or was I going to do something different? and take me off the career path that I was on, onto a path that was more about not having work-life balance, but having work and life being blended. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a totally different trajectory for me. And it changed my career. It changed my life as a parent. Um, and, you know, looking back on it at the time, I was completely prepared. If I'd gotten a spot in that childcare facility, any childcare facility in the whole region, I probably would have taken it and done it. And, right. but because I didn't get a spot, that's another whole thing we can talk about, which is the <laughs> layers of complexity around trying to find affordable, reasonable, like if, even if I'd gotten that spot, it would have been half of my salary would have gone directly to childcare, no mm -hmm. mortgage, no groceries, no baby clothes or diapers. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just changed my whole perspective on, well, then what, what do I want to do? And how can I reconcile wanting to do important work with childcare that's going to be inconsistent or unpredictable? And what does that mean for me and for people like me? And, you know, I recognize my tremendous privilege that I was able to get those sort of stars aligned and set up uh, at first a small freelancing business that then turned into a 
larger freelancing business that then turned into a firm. Um, monkey that's on only your because. Back. Sorry. <laughs> said, a monkey on your back. No, I know you love your work. <laughs> and it's only because, like, all those things, like, if the stars had aligned slightly differently, it would have been a totally different perspective. And I think that's one of the things that really struck me, Lacey, when you and I were talking about this and talking about your plans and some of what you're considering for the work that you're doing is that the way the stars align is a little bit like parenthood. Like there's so much that we can't control Mm -hmm. and there's this push and pull of control with parenting from the time you're Mm -hmm. nursing your infant to the time you're dealing with adult children. Mm -hmm. It's a constant control push and pull. And I think what, what's important for me is recognizing the kind of, it's always changing. The only constant is change. Mm-hmm. And that what you need to be is following your instinct. And as you said, Lacey, present, like really constantly, what are my values? Mm-hmm. What am I living? What am I not living? And I think the trap for so many people is when you're working too hard, you're a shitty parent. And when you're spending too much time parenting, you're a shitty mm-hmm. fundraiser. Mm-hmm. I want to talk that black and white thinking stinks. I do want to talk about that tension point where um, people often feel, and I say people because I do want to just give a nod that there are, I know some great male professionals who are the primary caregivers Caregivers. and primary income earners. and, and, And for parents who are trying to be everything to everybody at the same time, they end up being nothing to themselves. And I, I do want to get to that because I do think that's a core problem. I just, I fell into this sector a little bit differently where I worked in a large bank and I became pregnant and it was a calling for me. I thought this is the only thing I'm ever put on this planet to do is to be this child's mother. And it was just something that I embraced wholeheartedly, but through my volunteer work with an organization called La Leche League, I just step by step by step built some new skills and ended up working again when my children got older. So, but then what happened was then I became the primary income earner and I was then commuting down to Toronto two hours back and forth um, and trapped in a job that was compromising my values. I mean, I like, uh, what's my point? My point was that I was either all in taking care of my kids being successful or that at that, or my now ex-husband, because I was working too hard commuting to the city. So hello, how's a marriage going to survive that? Mm -hmm. But, um, which is another interesting point, right? When we thought that my whole sole purpose was to be the primary income earner and to keep this job and to keep making more and more money. And that was the plan for retirement, compromising those original values that we articulated at the beginning of our relationship. So there's so many things here happening, but that tension point between how the inflexibility of, uh, the sector and how we define success. How do we move forward with that without compromise? Mm-hmm. The three of us have done that. What changes do we think need to, we have designed our lives so that we can put our families first, so we can be present as parents and so that we can 
be as successful as humanly possible and contribute to the sector, but on our own terms. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that for, how, how, how does the system need to change for other people to experience this uh, lifestyle? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, but I think, honestly, autonomy is huge. And this was like a shocking reality when I went back to work after my first leave. For one whole year, I kept a human alive. That is a huge accomplishment. Huge. Yeah. I, became, I became a whole new person. I became a, not just Lacey, you know, fundraiser, Lacey wife. Now I'm Lacey mother. I'm a whole new person. And I kept a person alive. Um, and then I went back to an organization and or and any most organizations are like this where I'm reporting in, I have to be in at a certain time. I have to report back on all of these details I that I'm, you know, I've achieved this, I've done this, I've done this, and you know, I have to get minor budget things approved. And it felt really strange because here I was, I ran a household, I raised a child, I'm raising a child. Um, I'm an adult. And so being given autonomy to say, hey, I don't need to be at work 8.30 to 4.30. And this is just one example of a structure. What I need to be held accountable to is that I'm delivering on the things that I said yeah. I deliver on. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that obviously in lots of conversations have happened that COVID has pushed this, right? Like this, you know, we're working remotely, we're, we're flexible, but now that we're talking about going back to work, well, no, let's not go backwards. Let's keep pushing forwards. And yeah. I'm scared that that's going to happen. I'm scared we're going to slip backwards when we need to be pushing forwards. You know, it's okay if I'm working in the back while driving, um, I'm on a call, not working on my computer while driving, but I'm on a call while my kids are sleeping in the back because that's how I got that meeting done. That's how I push something forward. Um, so here I'm, I'm being the best mom I can be. And I always kind of joke, like they're listening to me talk at meetings. So they're learning, you know, that I'm talking about, like, we need to do this to allow this client to shine, or we need to, you know, tell this story, this story caught my heart. And so let's talk about it. Right. Our, we're, I'm setting that example. My kids are hearing that. And that is super valuable. Um, so like, there's all of these intersections between motherhood and parenting and our raising our children to be caring, compassionate um, individuals who want to make the community a better place. Mm -hmm. Jen? So, and yeah. I think, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I love what you're saying, Lacey, because I think what, what I'm hearing is that the way we define goalposts and stakes, like mm -hmm. the stakes are high, I've got a board meeting next week. And it's like, the stakes are high. My kids had a fever for three days. I don't give a shit about the board meeting next week at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you, there, there becomes this real challenge of like, I understand that I have a foot in two camps and I need to care about multiple things at once. And, you know, as somebody who can do multitask many things at once, as I think many parents are, that doesn't change the fact that that still comes, that's still, that's still emotional labor. You're still mm. considering and reflecting on a variety of different things. Um, and I think that that whole sense of it, it's all, the funniest thing too, that I wanted to, to reflect on just quickly is that the way we think about parental leave or maternity leave or whatever we want to call it, 
when you have that baby and you've kept it alive, it's the start as you mean to go on thing. Because when your child is in a toddler and then when your child is in elementary school and then when your child is in high school, you still need to reckon and rumble with all these different things. And it's like having a baby is the first version of a lifetime of that constant evaluation, negotiation, conversation. And I just, I really want a charitable sector that is, that starts as they mean to go on with parents. Mm-hmm. We want to keep great talent from the time that our employees are having children through their whole lives and careers, because it it's different and it changes. And it's always another version of something different, just like when you're nursing and then your baby stops nursing and starts to crawl and then starts to walk. Like all these little baby steps and these milestones are actually very big and trying to find a way to work within systems that accept and honor that as opposed to just tolerate it. Like I'm done with being tall, like parenting being tolerated. Parenting needs to be respected and valued in our workplaces. And if we can't, I said this yesterday, Lacey, if we can't figure this out in the charitable sector, which the backbone of which is run by women Mm -hmm. and people of color, especially when we're not talking about the upper echelons, we're talking about the people, the actual people doing the actual work. Mm -hmm. If we can't figure this out in the charitable sector, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder in politics, in the military, in corporate corporate Canada, corporate America, whatever. Like, this is our thing to figure out, I think. That's why I'm fired up about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, this in this moment of our collective history, um, there's more, there are more people asking themselves, what's really important in my life today? What do I value more than anything, given this triple pandemic that we've come through? And if we can create a work environment where I can be at home and available and help my children learn online. Although I, I don't envy anybody who had to do that. Why on earth, you know, would we go back to the status quo? Because in many ways, this is better. This is better for a lot of, a lot of families. And I think, again, let's just give, individuals the autonomy to make that decision on their own because I can also appreciate and I love a good day out of my house working in an office where there's no background noise where there's no children and I can focus on that part of myself sure but there are days when I have to I'm always going to be a mom I'm always going to be a business owner so there's days that every day those overlap Um, and you know parents are always going to be a parent whether you're a mom or a dad or you know so how do, how do we just accept that and allow that to overlap, right? Um, we have to. Otherwise, we're going to continue to burn out mm-hmm. talented individuals. And I know so many individuals who are saying to me, like, I can't keep doing this, but, but I don't want the, our sector to lose you. You know what I think? I think that that moment, that moment we started talking about becoming a mother, let's drill down into that first year of parenting. And I have I, I know and have spoken to many mothers who have a crisis of identity after their children are born because their whole feeling of self-worth 
was tied up into their job. And now they're being forced to take forced by society, pressured, thought it was the right thing to do to, or they want to uh, Mm -hmm. stay at home with their baby and keep a human alive for a little while. And the fact that our system is set up to see those two things as opposite uh, is maybe the core of the, of the problem, because that woman is just as worthy taking care of a infant as she is asking for a seven figure gift for t- she's just as worthy. It's just she's doing two different things at different times. So how do we create more connection between the two? Yeah, well, and- as Lacey said at the beginning of this, when you, that makes you a better parent and a better charitable sector employee. When you kind of look at a situation and say, how can we, how can we make this better? How can, how can I make this better for the people around me? That's what we do as parents. And that's what we should be doing when we're serving our beneficiaries at charities. So the fact that it's, the fact that it is competing and we tolerate parenthood and, oh yes, we have great flexible leave. You can leave early anytime you want to. That's not good enough Mm -hmm. because then you're tolerating parenthood as opposed to actually accepting and embracing and respecting parenthood. Anytime and, any employee comes in and says, I'm pregnant, it should be a real celebration, mm-hmm. like an authentic celebration, not an inconvenience to the organization. I told the story before. I told my employer that I was pregnant. I had this job before he did. I would never have been hired by this man. I had the job first. He was replaced as my boss. I found that I was pregnant. I went and told him and he said, this is why I only ever hire men. And this wasn't that long ago. Like it was 17 years ago. I am a bit of an old lady, but it's not like it was in the forties. It was the last millennium, but it was one of those moments where I was just like, what are you even talking about? Like all I wanted in that moment was for my employer to say, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. I'm happy for you. Let's talk about making a plan over the next six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like let's see you as a human, like because you're going through a whole bunch of things when you told him that, like right. not just that you were nervous for your job, but your hormones are all over the place. And I'm not an expert on all of this stuff, but you're experiencing so many changes, and that should be appreciated in your work. Again, that simple question: How are you doing? Yeah. How are you feeling? Congratulations! Like mm-hmm. you're making a human. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah, so. Yeah, you're growing an eyeball right now. Yeah, good for you. That's more than he accomplished in that day. I'll tell you that. Exactly, right? And then we're still expected to do the same thing. And I think just building on what you said, Kimberly, like is that these can't be two separate things, but then the systems that we have right now are setting them up to be. You're going off for, and we're very fortunate to have the leave that we have in Canada. I was just talking to a colleague in the States. So 100%, I'm grateful for that, but you're Mm -hmm. going on a leave for 12 to 18 months. We'll see you then. That, I don't know. I've just spent the last 10 years building my career. I can't just step away, but then I don't want to also just say, okay, I'm going to have a shorter leave. I'm going to come back at six months because I don't want to do that either. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do we blend the two, right? Like I want to be kept up to date on the relationships I've built in my career while I'm parenting. And, um, I was very fortunate that the person who covered my maternity leave, um, I volunteered with. So, she was able, and I kept volunteering and that was a saving grace for me. Mm -hmm. I kept volunteering um, with AFP and I was actually 
chair, no, co-chair of National Philanthropy Day while I was at home with a baby. And there were moments that felt overwhelming, but I had moments where I felt like pre-baby me, which was really nice. Um, And then I had moments where my baby was in the carrier on my back, or I remember at National Philanthropy Day, I had to scooch to a a private room and pump, right? Like it was the first time I'd been away from my baby that long. So, you know, I think, but those are all good things. And that's what kept me going. But being able to get updates from the person who was in my role was so reassuring to me, right? But if you had asked your employer, don't worry about it, you're off, it's okay. Which I understand maybe that's coming from a good spot, but it's not okay. I want to know because don't discredit all of the work I've put into building my career. Especially if you want me to come back. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. Like we think so much about the transition from when you find out that you're pregnant as a mother or as a father and you take time off work and you're like, prepare all your documents and you get Mm -hmm. all your ducks in a row and hopefully your organization is open. And I certainly think organizations Mm -hmm. structurally and process wise could do a lot better on making that not the responsibility of the parent who's leaving to set up the systems in place. But then it's when you are off your choice to come back, your choice to then potentially have another child or take a different Mm -hmm. parental leave. Like all of these things are a thread that, that is, pretty consistent like the consistent is you as the parent Mm -hmm. and the organization is the one that's making you jump through these hoops of like well do this documentation before you leave when you come back we'll let you know how things are going we have different expectations for you like procedurally I would love to see organizations make more of an effort there sorry Cam what were you going to say please don't apologize Uh, (laughs) yeah I loved what you said um and I'm gonna just pull on a classic La Leche League conversation starter to present an alternate point of view that many mothers have found, (laughs) some mothers have found that once their baby is born, um, they don't want to go back to work. They need to find meaning in other ways. And and that was very much uh, my experience, but I didn't love my work. um, And I hadn't invested 10 years in a career. I, I, was happy to sink into it. But from my experience was that we needed the income or so we thought. So I had to actually put together a business plan for my husband um, from a book called Come Home to Your Children. It's probably behind me still. And I had to list all of the expenses that would be incurred if I went back to my job and that I hated at the bank. And at the end of the day, we'd be $300 ahead. And we were still renting an apartment. He thought, if you don't go back to work, we're never going to own a house. And so, yeah, that panic for him was real. And I acknowledge that. But my desire to be all in on the mummy thing when the kids were little um, was very real. And we wouldn't have solved the housing situation with me going back. We would have only compromised our lifestyle, and I think our children. So coming up with a hybrid version where women can still feel valued and smart and worthwhile and not dismissed because they've had a child Mm -hmm. um, and continue to contribute in society like I did with volunteer work and you did, Lacey. We had other ways that we could contribute and feel purposeful while, you know, 
breast milk soured on our shirts. And like, who's ever going to forget that smell? But, you know, um, I love the idea of a hybrid where women like me aren't forced or feel the pressure to leave our babies if we don't want to, and that women who do want to stay connected to their professional lives so they don't feel like they had to take a big step back and compromise that because they've created human, um, what would that hybrid look like? Yeah, Great question, Lacey. I think, I think we have to um, take those baby steps to figure it out. We really do. Yeah. Like we have to just test, we have to push, but we have to have workplaces willing to allow that. I also think we have to have workplaces willing to say like, I love that you took five years off with your kids. Tell me yeah. what skills now you can bring to the table. And I think that there are organizations that do that. I don't know so much in our sector. I'm sure there are, mm -hmm. but I think it's okay. Those five years of your life aren't a gap. And, and I've, there's lots of conversations, yeah. around this, but they're a, they're a building, you know, mm -hmm. like they're you've grown as a person and how do you bring that forward? But mm -hmm. I also think, yeah, are there ways that parents can, again, even just this concept of part-time versus full-time. No, what are the deliverables and mm -hmm. what do they need to be? And these are huge systemic things that I don't think can be solved, you know, with one quick solution, but you know, why we don't need to work even on this hourly thing. And my husband's in project management. So his mind is always like, no, it's about the hours. And, mm -hmm. but I always question, no, what, what are the deliverables? What are the end results we need to get to? And how do we need to get to them? And, and then I ask myself, can I get to them mm -hmm. in a meaningful way as a mother? And can I still do all of those other things that are important to me as a mother and do those deliverables? And sometimes we're we'll ambitious. Uh, so we need innovative workplaces. Mm -hmm. I also feel like we're at risk, and this is the old Alechi League leader in me. Um, there is a, a, the chemistry of a woman changes after she gives birth. And it does take some time to really rest and think about what that is as we learn how to become a mother and bond with our children. Mm -hmm. And I have seen some women who want to get back to work so quickly that they really don't sink in to the connection with their baby. So mm -hmm. this is a very complex mm -hmm. situation and there is no right answer. So I think, yeah, I want to say two things. Okay. Obviously, I'm agreeing with everything going on here. But I think one of the things you just said, KM, was we need innovative workplaces. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think we need intentional workplaces. I think mm -hmm. we need leaders who say, I don't know exactly where this is going to go. But I know that asking the right questions and involving the right people in these discussions is the right thing to do. Like what I don't want to see is for there to be some kind of new AFP guideline about how to be a good parenting organization. And then it's a, some mm -hmm. sort of checklist that HR and finance can deal with. Like I think right. that's a step. But really, this is about being intentional at every step in the way. And like we we're saying before, like you take like with children, you take your first step, they take a second step, mm -hmm. you evaluate and see what's happening as it goes. And I think it, it, this is an idea that can grow. 
-hmm. as long as we're really intentional about the questions that we're asking Mm -hmm. and the people that we're involving in these conversations, because these decisions shouldn't be made by executives at the best healthcare foundation in any community. These are decisions that should be made by the people who are working in these organizations who have valuable input on how to make workplaces more open and intentional and reliable. And I come back to this over and over and over again. I don't know, as new parents, sometimes none of us have any time to read. I, since my kids are now teenagers and one just came in here to give me a, blow me a kiss, which was nice. Um, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, I have fallen back in love with reading and I read a ton. And one of my favorite authors is Louise Penny. Mm-hmm. And she has uh, this character who she's developed, who's a police officer from Quebec. And he counts on the four phrases that lead to wisdom. And the four phrases that lead to wisdom are, I don't know, I need help, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and I was wrong. And those that are the- is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't know, help. I need help, I'm sorry, sorry, and I was wrong. Yeah. And those are the four phrases that lead to wisdom. And I think organizations who strike some kind of committee Mm-hmm. to decide what a new parenting strategy looks like are going to mess that up because they're not asking those questions. They're not saying, what don't I know? Who do I need help with? Mm-hmm. What have we gotten wrong in the past? Mm-hmm. How can we make that better? That speaks to humility. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, like I'm just looking at those questions and I'm in a very different phase of parenting right now. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a toddler. take a moment to let's take a moment to let that land Lacey honor yes year old a four-year-old and a Mm 20-month-old wow every doorknob in your house must be sticky (laughs) yeah it's their kids are gross but (laughs) what I was going to say was if you look at these statements Jen I don't know I need help I'm sorry I was wrong these are all the things I'm teaching my kids right now Yes. These are all of the things I'm intensely focused on right now in mothering, but I take that to work with me all the time. Right. Because I think like, you know, I always say to my kids, like, you have to use your words. What do you need? Even my 20 month old, one of her first words was help. And I love that. Right. And so she, even now she'll be standing on top of our kitchen table saying, help, help. But she knows you have to ask for it. I and know I'm, how to get up, but I can't get now. And I'm 100% the same way. You know, I was just on a call with my uh, team and I'm like, guys, I need help. I am so swamped, like help. And okay, what, what can we do? How can we reshift priorities? Because, um, you know, I see you have to pick up your kid at three and you have to get this done. How can I help? Right? Like, mm-hmm. so I just, I, I don't know what it means, but just the overlap of these are the things we're, focused on teaching our children when we're when they're young kids and and teenagers right and teenagers yes the whole way along yeah so these are things that as parents we can bring to the table because we know how to teach these to humans and now can we apply them to our work yes and that speaks once again to the need for us to move forward to be more human forward Mm -hmm. and it comes up again and again and again on our podcast Mm -hmm the style of management, the messiness of life, 
the fact that we are seeing pets all the time now on during meetings, you know, it, so innovative workplaces, intentional or innovation, intentionality, humility, and humanity. I remember when I was going through my divorce, it was the worst time in my life. It was not something that I had wanted. And I don't think I actually work worked for months. And my boss was so good to me about that. Jen, you probably covered a lot of that too with the direct mail program, but it just. You owe me, but no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I should have been fired. And, and I wasn't. But no, you shouldn't have been because no, you could have been. Happened, not should have been. been. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Lacey. Yeah, you, there were things happening that were bigger than your career, and just to simplify it in a way, they saw the long-term value in you. Mm. Yeah, right? I'm going to support you because yeah, it's all going to come full circle. Right. That is that's a very good point. I'll take that. Uh, you're right. I'm glad I wasn't fired, and I'm very grateful and continue to be friends with um with the org and with, and serve on a board with, with my former boss. So yeah, that's more, that's, you know, Ontario nature, just another example of what an, how an awesome organization can move <laughs> forward. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think we need to continue this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some, independent consultancy might want to think about how they can offer services to fill the gap. <laughs> well, if you, this is a uh, good timing. <laughs> this is really, you know, this is this conversation, these conversations, my relationships with people like you is what's inspired me and balance good to really shift what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not, because I want a whole bunch of clients or anything like that, but because I want to make a difference. I really, Mm -hmm. really want to push this conversation forward. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the only ways that um, we can push this conversation forward is if we start taking the steps and Jen, I'm just going to keep saying this, the baby steps, because we're just going to take the steps. They're going to be fumbly. They might be awkward. I'm probably going to fall down and I'm going to have to say I need help or I'm sorry, but I want to just put myself out there and say, I want to do something to make a difference. And I am now done the phase of having children. Mm-hmm. I have been in that phase for almost seven years. Now I want other women to come to me and say, Hey, I'm starting this phase. What, yeah. what can I do? So let's be very intentional about how we can better serve women and parents in our sector. And I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I want to be there holding some people's hands and helping. Mm. I know a few things it takes. Mm. I, I think it takes, uh, so I think it takes a lot. I think it's, it's very brave to, for Lacey, for you to step forward and say, I see this gap and I want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I also want to be part of the solution. Yeah. I think it's going to take courageous organizational leaders mm-hmm. to say, this is worth my time and my money because 
solving this is going to also make me a better long-term mm-hmm. employer that people want to work for because part of the ambitions of our organization is this work-life balance. And I also think this, one of the things that we hone as parents, as soon as our babies come out is instincts. Mm-hmm. You, there is an intuition and an instinct to when it is the right time for certain things and when it is the wrong time for certain things. My toddler is freaking out. They're fed, they're watered, they're bathed. I think what they need is a movie. I think the movie they need is Transformers. I'm putting it on. And then I was absolutely right about that situation. So I think it also takes instinct and intuition, which I don't think we do a very good job of respecting and honoring in the charitable sector. We're data-driven. We're process-oriented. We're budget-specific. We're sharing all of our reports. I want this one to be something that we just know. We know instinctually and intuitively that this is the right thing for organizations to consider. Mm-hmm. And it's the right thing for employees to consider. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Part of me, just like this, this instinct piece, it's like the mama bear, right? Everybody yeah. talks about, and papa bear, but there's something like- You just know. You just know. So recently, I'll just share this story. My my daughter was sick um, and I took her to the hospital because I just knew. And like, she ended up getting, she's diagnosed with asthma. She was having a hard time breathing. They took her in and they took her right back and got her on oxygen. And it was so scary. But I knew right when I just, I heard that breath in the middle of the night and I woke up and I said, Eric, I have to take her to the hospital. He groggily, my husband's like, what, what are you talking about? She's fine. I'm like, nope, nope. She needs to go to the hospital right now. And we drove and right away. So it's that instinct you have to trust. And that same instinct is what's driving me to to do this work now is something needs to change. And I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to trust it and go with it and see what happens. And thankful that I have people surrounding me to be here for you. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's an important gap that needs to be filled. And as you know, mothering is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And that transition that you, I, I just, I came to learn that I can have it all. I just, it's really, really hard to have it all at the same time. Yes. And yeah. And, and, and I feel for women who I have seen who feel like they need to continue to be a charity executive and the best mom on the planet. And they just, their mental health is, and their physical health is compromised as a result of that. Kids grow so fast and, um, And so as we tackle this challenge, I found a little quote on Facebook right before, right before we got on the podcast. So I want to read it to you both. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mothering. My grandmother once gave me a tip in difficult times, move forward in small steps, do what you have to do, but little by little, don't think about the future or what may happen tomorrow. Wash the dishes, remove the dust write a letter, make a soup. You see, advance step by step, take a step and stop, rest a little, praise yourself, take another step and then another. You won't notice, but your steps will grow more and more and the time will come when you can think about the future without crying. Lacey, thank you so much for joining Jen and I in the Hub. We look forward to continuing this conversation and helping to fix this very important need in our sector. 
Folks, we hope you found value in this episode. Please remember to join the intersection at intersectionhub.ca and to like, share, and subscribe this podcast. See you next time.